everybody, and welcome back to Don't Quit Your Day Job. My name is Paul. I am your host. Today, <clears throat> once again, from what I can only imagine is terrible winter conditions in upstate New York, I have Mike Jacobs of, of On The Cinder. Mike, welcome back to the show, buddy. Hey, Paul. Thanks for having me. It's always fun to chat and find out about your love life and all the things you're trying to do to make your dreams come true. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm going to start with how much snow is there in the Rochester Buffalo area? Is there a lot? Uh, Buffalo got buried. Like, I don't know how many feet they got over the last two weeks. (laughs) I think it's like two or three, maybe four. Um, I'm in Rochester an hour away, so I got like a third of what they got. So. There's standing snow. It was snowing today, yesterday, every day. But uh, did you? I'm doing okay here. Did you answer the call to go to the Bills Stadium to shovel? No, because they are. <laughs> they used to do it that if you volunteered to shovel, you'd get free tickets. Okay. But it's that's too expensive for the Pagulas, the ownership like group now. So now it's like. 15 bucks an hour to go shovel in the stadium um and you know some guy went viral like taking his shirt off riding like some kind of slide down into the field (laughs) like you got to be a maniac and probably already have tickets yeah to do that yeah uh we won't i mean the the championship or not the championship game the divisional round was just happened we're not going to talk about the bills uh because it's probably still a sore point for you although i mean I'm a Raiders fan. I'm used to losing. Aren't you guys just used to disappointment at the end of the season? Isn't that just part of the vibe now? Damn. <laughs> I didn't think we'd get emotional, Paul. But um, it's it's tough because the Bills are so much more than a football team. They're home. Like, our, our city doesn't have so much, really. It's yeah. like we have this team in this national league – that is so much of our identity and it's so much of our culture with like people going to the games, people partying before the games, all the industry around football, around just food, around drinking, around just nightlife and, you know, just being out is so much around this team. So yeah, it's emotional and it's hard that it gets cut short every year, but um, it's a good feeling but you know they'll be back next year. Yeah. So for now it's it's just stings but we'll we'll be back next year. Just one more question about football, the idea that T Swift is ruining the NFL or or whatever you. I mean, she has nothing to do with football, right? The the, the players on the field don't care one way or the other. And I would even argue that she's not ruining football. It's the broadcast, right? They cut to her every five seconds when Travis Kelsey gets a catch. But so what, right? I I, I don't know what the big deal is about T-Swift. Do you have any opinion there? Somebody made a really good point that I saw um, that, like, people quit on the NFL when players were kneeling at the anthem, saying they wouldn't watch that anymore. So NFL fans will complain for any like distraction to the game <laughs> and they'll say they're leaving, yeah. but they never do. Yeah, that's true. So I'm not worried about it. Um, it sucks that they beat us of course, but like 
you know, Taylor Swift had this huge year, huge album, most like profitable fucking music tour ever this year. Like she's the hot hand in just entertainment. So like, of course the networks are going to be like, where is she? She's (laughs) celebrating. Oh my God. This is so great for our ratings or or whatever. But it seems like it matters more who's playing the game. Like bills have a great like national audience. Like, there's this huge diaspora of Buffalo Bills fans all over that will tune in and make for the Bills to have great ratings. Yeah. And the Raiders are another one. Like, so many friends of mine up in New York, even Mike Terry from the Jukebox Romantics come to mind. Uh, just Raiders Nation is huge. They even moved, they even left Oakland, and they still have a huge fan base. Right. It doesn't matter to me where they, they are. I, I root for them. Till I die. And that's, you know, and that's how sports is when you're, when you're really into your team. All right. So this is not Pat McAfee's show where he interviews conspiracy theorists about nonsense. So we're going to stop there. Um, And what I want to start with is the first single from the new On the Cinder song. And I want to talk about two things, but let's start with Smells Like American Spirit, the song itself. I get immediately, the first time I listen to it, I got strong Every Time I Die vibes. And of course, Every Time I Die is a Buffalo institution. If you know Buffalo music, you, you know that band. Was that something that you th- thought about? Did you guys, do you, has anyone given you that feedback at all? Um, not really, actually. But they definitely have a huge influence on any like hard rock musician out of Western New York. Um, like they used to throw shows in the neighborhood that we came up in. They, mm-hmm. they're like, you know, 15, 20 years older than us, but like that same vibe carried through like oh. houses would still do shows. And I think every time I die, I definitely leaves open this gate that like, Oh, we're, we're from Buffalo. It's cold. It's a tough place. Blue collar. <laughs> And you can just yell. You can be fucking metal. You can ble- you can be fast. You can like be rough right. and still play music. Like so many so many other states, like California, for example, they lean into like maybe more like pop punk stuff. Or like in New York City, there's a lot of hardcore, and they have like these distinct sort of frames that they fit in. Whereas Buffalo, like we're always open to a little more ruggedness, a little more edge. And uh, we definitely opened this Smells Like American Spirit track with like, just like a group chant. Right. So there's that and there's like the general chaos of the riffs, like sort of through the verses that then when it switches to the chorus, that feels like a very every time I die thing where the chorus is just fucking huge and awesome. And so, again, the first time I heard this, I was like, well, this song should be a massive hit just because of that chorus. So so who wrote the chorus? Is that was that you or Jay? This was my song, uh, okay. but we all we all contribute. Yeah. We all write our own parts. Um I did write the really messed up intro guitar line. It is in this weird time. <laughs> I, I don't even know what it is. It's like seven or something. And then it's it, it's like it goes from three, four into four, four. Mm-hmm. I, I forget how we split it. 
Tyler figured it out on the drums, and he's just like, I, I got it. We'll go from here. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, we, we needed something to open the record, and I was like, we need something fast. We need something just, like, really inviting. And um, I, I was like, I, I had this idea of Smells Like American Spirit as a title for a long time mm-hmm. uh, in reference to the cigarettes we used to sell at the house shows we throw um, and like just, you know, any number of things we would buy from the reservation, bring them back and sell them in the city. Um, (laughs) And uh, I don't know. I kind of took on this idea that it, it means more than just cigarettes. It's like this whole spirit of doing it yourself, um, like throwing your own parties, throwing your own shows, um, just creating a vibe, creating an atmosphere for people to come have fun in in this American landscape that gives us a lot of different uh, pulls, I guess, in society. And uh, this is just songs about us and the people we care about. Around here, it's cloudy 400 days a year. That's 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 a line from the song. And so immediately I was like, yeah, this is like, again, the chorus is so good this should be like played at bills games or something right so <laughs> how has the response to the song been i mean from what what i can see in social media it's been really positive it has been really positive um this is our first time doing the modern single mm-hmm. thing <laughs> like um we we did do singles for our last ep but um we felt like they were too crunched together it was like song one day video two days later the next single was like a week later Mm -hmm. and then a video right after so now we're really spacing it out to kind of maybe not keep people's attention but more bring the attention back and it's like hey this is all one album you could go pre-order it or you can wait until the next song comes out and maybe that whets your palate and then then you want to get it if you're interested but the streams have been great um, we have been mixed into the algorithm somewhat. Mm-hmm. I still don't get it. Some days we have like a huge boost in listens. Others, it just kind of dies, but then it'll go back up again. I, I don't get it. Um, so why did you choose I, I this think, song? Why did you choose this song for the release for the first single? Um, I, I think it made sense with it being the first song on the album mm-hmm. and it really opens up one of the main themes uh this this album is uh heavy-handed it's all about home and how your relationship to your home changes as you grow up it's not like a pop punk album where it's like i gotta get out of my hometown it's more like it's more like this is home these are my people shitty things will happen but this is still home right and um yeah, it, this really tells the story of the parties we used to throw and the community we built with Flower House, with Noiseland Arcade, um, and even still with our band, just when we go out on tour and play with friends. It's the energy we try to bring. And you made a video and, and released a video. Um, so first of all, it seems like a super art house video in that it's a single cut, right? It's just one 
shot. So you're like, should be on A24 or, or something. Whose, whose idea was it to go so art house with the video? Well, so, so I, I appreciate that. It was more like I would have, I would have, sorry, I would have considered it half-assed, but it, yeah, art is cool. Um, I think I just brought our camera and Jason and Tyler, they still live at Noiseland, even though they don't throw shows there anymore. Um, their roommate, Dalen, was around and we were making plans for other music videos and I was like, we need, we need something for the opening track. What if it was just something like super chaotic, super like just in your face, like tight quarters, like just to show us as the band right. playing it. Right. And uh, yeah, it's it's chaotic enough to be interesting throughout. I think it's yeah. only like a two minute song. Yeah. So uh, yeah, and we're also exploring like things we never had time to like prior like we're actually pushing our youtube a little bit um not like trying to be uh you know influencers or anything but in the past we would always have a release and then we'd have to go on tour right away and we wouldn't have time to plug anything or like mm -hmm. market very well so now we're taking the time to like get more songs out there so people can hear it uh kind of piece by piece and then we've got tours sprinkled throughout. Um, and then a release will be May 7th. And then release shows in Western New York will be after that. And then just keep touring, keep trying to do festivals beyond that. Um, yeah, just trying to take our time a little bit. One last thing about the video. There's a close-up of you at some point and you're, and you're sweating. So I'm just wondering if like that someone had a spray bottle and spritzed your face. So it looked like you were, you were sweating. What's, what's the story oh. there? <laughs> oh no, that's, that's so natural, baby. That is, <laughs> that is me. Uh, yeah, I, I quit drinking a year ago right. and, cool. uh, the sweating, the sweating continued though. Uh, I thought like certain healthy choices would make me less sweaty, but mm -hmm. now the sweat is just thinner. Right. and uh right. runs faster okay yeah okay and the last shot of the video tying it back to the opening of this podcast episode lingers on the buffalo bills flag which i watched the video again in preparation for this for this uh interview and i thought well that makes me sad now to to see that lingering shot of the buffalo why what do you mean? Because because I hate the Chiefs, right? And I was rooting hard for the Bills. And so then I was just like, oh, I wish the Bills had won. Well, it's <laughs> we've got that flag down there forever. It's it's actually got like burn marks from uh, we we used to have a school bus we used to tour in okay. and it was stashed up in like the lighting rig towards the front. And uh <laughs> A small fire actually caught because wow. um, it was too close to the electrical stuff up there. It's just, you know, heartbreak and the bills go hand in hand. Go hand, in hand it's yeah. what keeps, keeps people coming back. It's like, you know, I, I don't even know what I would do if they won. Like, I get emotional, <laughs> like, verklempt thinking about what I would do if they won in the Super Bowl. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I, the, the drive 
to keep coming back thinking they might do it next year. That's the exciting part. Yeah. But the realization that it could actually happen is beyond me. So. Yeah, okay. Cool. <laughs> so you mentioned the the new record that's coming out later this year. It's called Heavy Handed. Uh, you were kind enough to let me listen to the song, so so I did. And I will start by saying that, that people that are into On The Cinder are really going to like this. I actually legitimately think it's the best thing that you guys have ever done and in particular i think the song pioneers which is which i feel like is buried towards the end of the record and we'll we'll talk about sequencing the record in a second but i think pioneers is a really really good song um so when you were coming up with material for the album how did you piece it together was it stuff from that you'd worked on before that you were bringing back up or is this all sort of brand new stuff Okay, so it's it's pretty weird. Remember, in 2020, there was like this whole plague that right. hit I the whole wide that. world. Yes, it affected a lot of things, and it affected our band. Um, we had written about four or five songs that were going to be on something, a new record, and then we took this long break to stay in our houses and make sure we didn't get sick and no one else got sick around us. And we would stay like in touch from afar. I wasn't really doing much writing um, until we got back together. We were starting to like have our, you know, used to set up like little circles of people that you would hang out with. Mm -hmm. You wouldn't go out, but you would, Mm -hmm. you know, meet with people. And uh, we were meeting and we're like, well, we have these these songs. What should we do with them? And at that point, I was just, I was really far away from that material. And I was like, I, I have ideas for songs. And what if we just put the album on hold and we wrote a whole other EP? And that is where our 2021 EP came out. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we took a break to just write new stuff. And... Um, it was it was pretty exciting because we we really cranked a lot of songs out because it was the first time we'd seen each other in a while. So meanwhile, these four or five songs kind of sat, Pioneers being one of them. And once that album came out, that EP, we pressed it and um, it, it was pretty well received. We went through this release cycle that was really tight. So we learned a lot in that time as well, mm-hmm. leading up to what we wanted to do with an album. And uh, as the record, as that EP was being pressed, we started writing and finishing Heavy Handed. So th- there are some songs that are like four or five years old okay, wow. on Heavy Handed. And then there's like a whole release in between them. And then songs like American Spirit, um, came like we wrote in 2022 2021 um so yeah it's it's kind of a wide window that it was written sorry to ramble about no, that. that's okay it, but it feels cohesive so that's interesting that you say that they were sort of written at different periods of time which which gets me to what i want to talk about sequencing the record so like i said i really like pioneers i love Smells like American Spirit, like a lot of people do. I really like Bravest New Face, which are, which is sort of earlier in, in the record. When you have all these songs, how do you decide how you want to sequence them and how you want people to listen to them? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, with with On the Cinder, we're like a pure democracy. It's been the same three guys for uh, over 10 years. It'll be 11 years in March. So we constantly message each other back and forth about the tiniest, like, minute details <laughs> about everything we do with our band. So the sequencing was a battle for sure. What what was helpful was that we had written songs prior. We we felt strongly about certain ones. And then as we got back to finishing the album, we were like, well, we need a song to open. We need something with a lot of energy, something that's a real punch in the face. And then um, we also knew like we needed something to end the album. Um, something that had some finality, some like resolve to it. So we knew how to like bookend it and we knew the theme that we were going for with home. So it was like tried to tell a story that kind of goes like age wise, like uh, the perspective kind of matures throughout Mm -hmm. the songs. Mm -hmm. That just in and of itself is really mature than just a bunch of guys getting together in some dank basement banging out punk rock songs. So that's pretty interesting. With regards to 11 songs on a record, so we've talked about this a little bit, Doping the Void, we're putting out a record, we have 10 songs on it, but a lot of bands aren't doing that many songs on releases these days. And that's something that we talked about. Is it something that you guys talked about? Are listeners willing to sort of go on that that journey that you just talked about when listening to a, a full record? I think you have to hope they will. Um, you know, like you can only put out so many songs and have them all get the same amount of attention, mm-hmm. uh, you know, so far, I guess. Um, so if you put an album out, you put it on vinyl, like vinyl collectors will go after it. Uh, people just finding out about your band that want to support it. will go get vinyl. Mm-hmm. Um, you can put out as many singles as you want, but you also have to think about how much time you want to put into these releases, how much effort you want to put into mm-hmm. each song that goes out into the world. Like, you can make each song like a hit if you release them, you know, every release one song every two months mm-hmm. and you play the shit out of them. Right. Um, but like, you're only going to have so much material at that point out there. So I, I like that we have full albums. We, we, we have stories to tell with our, mm-hmm. our albums all together. Um, but then there are times where we write a song and it's like, this could stand alone. This could be its own thing. Um, we have like four whole new songs beyond this album that are very like structured together. They're very conceptual, but when is the right time to put them out? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, With regards to the songs themselves and the, the writing of the songs, I do feel i i sometimes get the vibe of alexis on fire i don't know if you know alexis on fire canadian canadian band yeah so they they do the the two vocal thing right you have the sort of gruff punk rock vocal and then you have the pretty vocal and in your band you're the you're the pretty vocal and and jason is the (laughs) is the gruff vocal uh so when you're when you're 
working through the songs and you're deciding who's going to sing what, is it always, well, I wrote this line, so I'm singing it? Or are you writing stuff for each other to, to do? Um, a lot of the lyrics lately have come from me, but uh, Jay does write. Tyler writes a lot, actually. Tyler wrote a good chunk of um, Bravest New Face. Um, cool. Usually I will write in with Jay in mind. Um, you know, I know I have a nasally like thin voice. You have the angel voice. Doesn't... You have the angel voice, Mike. No, no, no. <laughs> I, <laughs> I'm from Rochester, New York. We sound like very, very sharp with what we say. Uh, so I try to, you know, when I need like a beefy vocal part, I, I go for Jay. Um, a lot of the times I'll write with him in mind, like things like we've been friends for so long. I know what he's like. He's such a good friend of mine. Uh, like in pure mess, he gets his own verse and I wrote it from his perspective because I know who he is. I know his backstory and um, you know, I, I try to say the things that I know he feels mm -hmm. but doesn't know how to say sometimes so it's just that's just from being together for so long right it's cool that you mentioned uh bravest new face that that tyler wrote that because in my notes here i wrote tyler great for that song the drums are really really good on that song so that starts to make some sense in that he was more involved in the construction of, of that song in particular yeah, he uh, he's he's a mystery. He he has all these like different interests. Like he loves golf and he loves hockey and he loves pro wrestling and he's he loves punk rock. But then he also loves jazz and like gets you know sometimes uh sometimes a little pretentious about his music taste but it's it's always for the better like it always he's the one that really challenges the band to get better um and when he writes what he does is he he kind of just scatterbrain like scribbles lyrics mm -hmm. and words and he kind of gave me bravest new face and he's like i think there's something here can we fashion something out of this? And there was a ton. So like the whole idea of alternating choruses in bravest new face, like that was all his, it just, it cool. just needed a little more structure. So I took like his words and just arranged them. Cool. So I don't, I don't really have writing credits on that, but all of our stuff is just on the cinder. We don't, right. we don't deviate with right. who does what. So again, uh, I think people are really gonna gonna dig this record. I, I I think it's great. Let's talk a little bit about shows before I let you go. Do you have a Canadian tour coming up? Am I right in in reading that properly? Yeah, we're we're actually only doing Ontario though. Okay. So um, doing Toronto, uh, January thirty first. Uh, that's at Bovine Sex Club. February first, Barry at the Queen's Hotel. February 2nd in London, the Canadian one, mm -hmm. uh, Palisade, Social Bowl, then uh, February 3rd in Kitchener, which is kind of close to Toronto. It's like 
further than a suburb, but it's it's its own place. Uh, the Yeti Cafe out there. And then we're doing a Sunday matinee, February 4th in Hamilton at Vertigogo. So, yeah, Ontario is uh, it's pretty fun. It's pretty fun. We're, we're definitely going to miss Quebec because we always love going to Quebec, but now's not a good time of the year to go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and Ontario is relatively close for you, right? It's it's not so far. Are You you just have to cross the border, which you sh- I think you guys are pretty close to. Is that Am I correct in my geography? Yeah, you're right. Um, There's a bridge right downtown uh, over into Canada. And then you can also take the take the highway north and cross at Niagara Falls, too. Um, Yeah, it's really easy. Um, I I do have a lot of bands reaching out because we go we go like every year and a half or like once a year we go over to Ontario. And really, it's just you have to present as much as you can to the border. Mm-hmm. Like if you, if you have contracts, show them contracts. If your band is not going to make a lot of money, they hardly care. Like you don't need like a work visa mm-hmm. for band for American bands to play Canada, mm-hmm. but Canadian bands need visas or like a contract to come play in the States. It's, it's fucked up, but wow. it's, it's easier for American bands to go over. And what are the tour plans for for the rest of the year? You mentioned maybe trying to get on festivals or or doing some longer tours in the summer. Uh, you, your your record is going to come out in May, I think you mentioned. So yeah, what is the promotion plan? Yeah, um, we're just going to be doing singles like once a month. Like February seventh, Pure Mess comes out. Um, March, I forget the date. That's when another track comes out and then the whole album will be out may 7th with like a lead single Mm -hmm. for that batch of songs um uh throughout the year um playing we're actually going back to ontario we're driving over ontario the southern part to play windsor which is basically detroit then driving up to Grand Rapids, Michigan on March 29th for the 6th Street, like, I forget what it's called, 6th Street Place or something, 6th Street Hall. Then we're doing Punk Rock Night at the Melody Inn in Indianapolis on the 30th Classic. of March. Yeah, cool. Um, we're playing Music Fests here, which is like the last weekend of April in Queens at a spot called Bar Frida. Uh, we're also getting like a West Coast tour from June 5th to June 17th nice. together with uh, California and like the Pacific Northwest. Uh, that's coming together. We haven't been in a couple years, so I'm like really hustling on that. Want to make sure, you know, we get some solid shows and um, doing that with a band called Add a Lemon from Sacramento. Cool. Um, and beyond that, just fingers crossed for bigger stuff. Hoping to do, you know, more Midwesty things. Maybe Pittsburgh. Nice. Happy to happy to have you at any time. Uh, one last question about the record. <clears throat> no band wants to say that. Yeah, we really like this record, but we don't think it's our best one. We think you know, record number two is our best one, right? No band is ever going to say that as they're prom- promoting a record. Um, and so I'm not going to ask you to say that either. But my question really is, 
does the does heavy handed represent where you are as a band now? Is it is it a better marker of what on the cinder is than than some of the previous ones? It's we used the word mature earlier, and that's definitely a good way to consider mm-hmm. it because it has like a maturation through the songs. So like there's songs that are a handful of years old and then there's songs we wrote, you know, a couple months before we recorded. Uh, I, I would say it's a really good representation of our transition mm-hmm. as a band. We're, we're trying to fill out the corners is a, a JR token like analogy nerd or metaphor alert. or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Oh, fuck. I'm, I'm a super nerd. But yeah, just trying to widen the boundaries of what we can do. And we've got more stuff even still uh, that we'll someday see the light of day. But for now, we're really stoked on it. Um, the reception for American Spirit has been really overwhelming. It's like people reaching out from all parts of our life being like, love this song and can't wait for more. So cool. that's a really good feeling. It is <clears throat> definitely well done. I can certainly recommend Smells Like American Spirit, and I'm excited to for people to hear other songs that I like on the record. Again, for example, Bravest New Face, Pioneers, and, and Pure Mess. You mentioned I actually really like Pure Mess as well. Um, I will drop links for everything on the Cinder-related. Uh, one last thing. I think I need to get Jay and Ty on here, either together or separately, so we can talk shit about you a little bit. Um, I would love that. Per- perhaps after the that. album drops would be a good time to do that. Yeah, cool. Mike Jacobs on the Cinder. Thanks a lot, Mike. It's always good to see you and talk to you, buddy. Thank you, Paul. Love you, bud.